0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Morale Booster with John Ugulu. And today I have with me a very young man. He is Ross Triftman. Ross is a film producer, and uh, he's also into the insurance industry. But in situations like this, it's always better to hear from them directly. So welcome to the program, Ross. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So uh, my viewers and listeners are actually eager to hear from you. Could you please tell us who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. Again, my name is Ross Schriftman. Uh, I live in Pennsylvania. And uh, my day job, I'm an insurance agent. I've been doing that for 45 years. Whoa. Uh, my passion is my book and movie uh, called My Million Dollar Mom in honor of my mom who died from Alzheimer's uh, a little over 10 years ago.
0: Whoa. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. So uh, you were talking about your um, insurance job. So do you, do, you, do you have an agency or you work as an independent uh, agent?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm an independent agent. Uh, I originally, what happened is in 1974, when I, the year I graduated college, I ran for state representative here in Pennsylvania. Oh. And I got 46% of the vote knocking on doors I knocked on eleven thousand doors. Wow! But then I had to get a job, and you know, I I still have on my wall in in my conference room. It says, "What do you do with a B.A. in political science?" And I go, "I'm going to be a politician." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad I'm not. But but the thing is that I had to get a job. I went down to Philadelphia, and they had a job there, and I met a gentleman with an insurance company, and they hired me to see to contact college seniors, okay. uh, actually Temple University. And every oh. Monday night, we'd sit in the office and back then you had to dial a telephone. Yeah. like people's <laughs> numbers having 999. Exactly. Your finger would hurt by the end of the <laughs> night. But you would, you would call until you talked to 50 people to try to get 10 appointments Whoa. and hope that three of them would keep the appointment Right. And maybe one of them would buy, and you'd make a hundred dollars for the year. Oh. Okay. So it was a it was a slog, and even though I had knocked on a eleven thousand doors, the first time I called somebody for business, right, I, my hands were sweating. I was all <laughs> you know nervous. Right. Have you ever seen the movie uh, with Will Smith, uh, Pursuit of Happiness? where Thank he's you. going to be a stockbroker and he's calling and calling right, and calling. Right, right. It's kind of like that. And when that movie came out, I, my mom and I loved it because she remembered me sitting in, we only had a phone that you could sit at in her bedroom. Right. And if I was making calls at home, I was dialing there. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed meeting with people and talking to people and finding out about them. Some of those temple students, uh, 45 years later are still clients of mine, and now they're going on Medicare.
0: Wow, Wow, that's a great one. You know, there's no better feeling than knowing that people believe in you. People believe in your services.
1: Yeah, uh, people can pretty much judge somebody quickly if they're honest and they really care about somebody rather than they care about a commission or making money or going to the next person. Right. And you don't survive in business by just being self-interested. Exactly. You survive in business by really being concerned and understanding the other person and where they're coming
0: from. Absolutely. Really yeah, that, yeah. That's, a, that's a great point you've just dropped there. I love that. Okay, so now that's for your insurance uh, part of you. Now let's go into the film production part. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about how that journey has been so far?
1: Uh, it is it is very challenging. And, and having started involved with that later in life, where I already had a career you know, and an income, right. uh, I, I just don't understand how hard, I, I do understand how hard it is for young people that are going into the film industry, whether they're going to be a writer or producer or director, when they've got to, you know, we were just talking about um, you know people will be bartenders or do something right. else, and right. then they go for their their audition or their interview, right. or they're trying to make a little film while they're going to school, or they're they're working in a restaurant uh, as a, as a waiter or a cook, and they're trying to get this all started, and they have no money, and right. nobody knows who they are, but they believe in what they have. Yes. And one of the nice things that I, having been in insurance, which is a product nobody wants to buy, nobody can see, nobody enjoys, nobody has ever called me up and they're celebrating because they're just paid their premium, okay? And I figured, how hard could it be making a movie? Everybody loves movies, okay? Yes. My mom loved movies. Yes. And the sad thing is she, of course, the movie's about her, I never got a chance for her to see the movie.
0: I can't imagine how, how, how painful that but
1: would be. What happened is my mom started developing um, dementia. And there's various forms of dementia. And from the tests that they did with the geriatric people, uh, they concluded that she probably had Alzheimer's, which is the most prevalent kind of dementia. Okay. And it's... Very challenging thing for anybody out there that has had a family member with an illness like dementia, um, Parkinson's, Hunting's chorea, any of these diseases, Alzheimer's, Lewy body. Um, it's very hard. Um, it's it's hard to watch them. It's very time consuming. But I had the wonderful opportunity. We tried to, several different caregivers because she stayed at home. Right, And uh, the fourth try, we found wonderful lady, Nora. Uh, Nora stayed with us for two years. She was like my sister. She was from Liberia. She Thank was you. a lieutenant. She, she actually ran the radio room in Monrovia. But when the Civil War hit, uh, sadly, her husband was killed. And she escaped to Ghana with her family. Oh. And then they came to the United States. And she was such a caring person and really attuned to my mother. Uh, sadly, she d- died before the movie came out, and oh. so she never got to see it, uh, but uh, her family has copies of it, and, I, they, oh, that's good. and that's they, good. they've seen it, and uh, it, it's a tribute to, to uh, my mother, but also, you know, my book goes into um, how caregiving is, and what I wanted to do was tell people how, um, you can successfully care for your family member, even though they're going to die. Right. But you have that in your heart that you did what you could. You gave back to them. And so the passion of it, if you're going to make a film, you have to be passionate about it. Yeah. But you also have to listen and learn from a lot of people. Okay. It took six years from when my book came out until the movie was produced, six oh. years.
0: Oh, okay, six years, I, right.
1: I hired a film coach, uh, I hired a film consultant, I, I got a lot of feedback, a lot of criticism on the script.
0: Absolutely, that is no, that that is yeah. normal with life, a yeah. lot of criticism. You get both positive and negative, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, and a lot of networking, and I met the right people, and I had a wonderful production team from the Philadelphia area, and some wonderful actors that are local, and some actors from other places that came in, and it's a 30-minute film. And it really, uh, we've taken it out to community groups, 45 community organizations, mainly long-term care communities, which is sad because many of the places we've gone to, they've had residents die from the coronavirus. Yeah and I can't do any of the films. I was actually gonna show it in Manhattan uh, right before uh, everything got shut down. We were gonna show it at the Pennsylvania Assisted Living Association meeting and that got canceled. So we're kind of uh, on hold right now for all of these events.
0: Yeah, you know, that's another thing. The pandemic has actually changed the narrative. You know, it has changed the world completely
1: yeah it really has
0: right but and,
1: it's another challenge and you we have to kind of get a, around it I I had I was um, on appointments yesterday and it was middle of the morning I had an early breakfast and the diner down the street they now have outside seating right. so it was so nice to have a second breakfast like at 10:30 <laughs> in, in the morning sitting on a in, out in the in the parking lot, I uh, I mean. <laughs> having uh, bacon and eggs and stuff, you know, it was right. really nice. But people are, are, are struggling, but you have to look at the bright side of things. I mean, families have been closer together. Yes. I've seen more of my neighbors than I've ever seen before. Right. On almost <laughs> on a daily basis. Because I still have my mother's Katrina rescue dog, Happy Girl, who was in the movie. Oh, uh, so I go home okay. early, and I walk the dog through the neighborhood, and I see all my neighbors. <laughs> you know?
0: That's, that's um, interesting. You know, yeah. now, like I keep telling people, um, the stay-at-home would either help you um, make your relationships better, or it could just end it completely.
1: Oh yeah, so, yeah. So
0: it's a matter of choices. You know, at this point, everyone has to decide to make the right choice. Exactly. That's the only way exactly. we can go through it. That's the only way we can cope with the sanity that is the insanity that is going on in the world right now. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um now how do you balance being an insurance agent and being a film producer or book an author?
1: Yeah. Well, during the time that the movie was being produced and all. It's a lot of juggling. Um, I'm an early riser, so um, I get in, you know, early in the morning. Uh, before the uh, pandemic, I had a dog walker, so I I get home. Uh, I was I tell people I work half days, seven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's
0: that, that still a lot, you know.
1: And, and I like to. My office is only five miles from my home, oh. so I like to separate my home life. From, from my office right. I don't have a computer at home and I've done more stuff at home because I go home a little earlier uh, because the dog has to go out and the dog's 15 years old right so uh, but in in regular times it's a lot of organizing and processing how you want to get to your goal and you have to break it down in small parts
0: so, so, so you know, sorry to cut you short did yeah. you say you don't have a computer at home Oh, I do have. Okay, you do, okay.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm more or less just check some emails and that kind of thing. Right. But I try not to do a lot of work at home. One of the things that I've learned, at least in my life, is that um, I like to separate personal. From. When I'm home, I want to relax. I, I don't want to, you know, I want to just take a break. I think we also, we we end up feeling guilty that we're not working all the time. Right. That's an American <laughs> thing, I think. Yeah. It's not a European thing. They always like, right. you know, they don't wanna work all the time. Right. We're always concerned we have to work all the time. And maybe one of the good things about the pandemic is that people aren't working all the time, or they're, but I think the downside too is that so many companies, I mean, with the insurance companies, I'm talking to people who are working for the companies from their home. Right. But that's kind of hard because they're not separating.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, they're not separating. They're their, their home with their family, but they're really not spending any time with their family because they have to work. Exactly. So we're all trying to keep that separation going, you know, while this is on.
0: Yeah, what you just said makes a whole lot of sense. You know, the ability yeah. for one to really separate work life from family life it's paramount. It's, 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 it's very important, but yeah. in, in, you know, with the way things are actually going these days, it's very difficult to do that. But if one can do that, I encourage them to stick to that uh, principle. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, what's your advice for people who have a passion for, uh, filmmaking and, do not have that finance to do it. What's yeah. your advice for them?
1: Uh, well, I, I've learned that one of the things that you can do is you can do a short film, which costs a lot less. You can do it uh, on a on a low budget. Um, you can find local actors in your area that are hungry for an opportunity to show their stuff. Right. And... Um, with the equipment today, I mean, there's actually been films that have been done on, 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 a, on a phone that okay. have gotten in festivals. Right. Because story, you know, if you look at it this way, a movie is just the mechanism to show your story. Right. A good story is where you have to start. And if you have a good story and you understand how – the story starts and ends, and what your story is about, what the goal is, what you're trying to express to the audience about your vision, then everything that goes around it, whether it's, you know, the camera, the lighting, the crew, the actors, um, that all kind of comes together. Now, sometimes you'll find somebody that wants to give somebody a chance and help finance it. Right. I remember uh, Sylvester Stallone at one of the awards that he got. He thanked the guy that mortgaged his house so he could make the first rocky no. you know, and I thought that was really cool because the guys that risk their money on a on a project yeah. they never get awards, right? All yeah. the big actors all <laughs> everybody and the director and all of that yeah. everybody's paid. But if the film flops, the investors don't make any money. You have to have people, you know, committed. But if you make a short film or what's called a concept piece. So for instance, you have a story for a whole film. And we we were going to do a a full length movie, but it became too expensive. So I talked to my film consultant and I said, well, why don't we do a two-step? We'll do the short film. We'll make it as great as possible really put the energy into this. So right. now, if I at some point do go back to doing the feature film, which I have the script for, and we can revise the script and all, I can show people the 30-minute film that actually won the Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival Best Drama, right. and three other festivals, including New Hope, one in New York called Dumbo, uh, two in New York, and New York Short Film. Right. And we were just... Uh, quarterfinals in stage 32, okay. but it's a lot of work. Uh, my back room back there, half of it's insurance files and half okay. of it is it draws of scripts and studies right. and a lot of webinars and there's a lot of organizations that can help. Uh, if any of your audience wants to contact me, I can give them uh, the names of some great people I've found to That's try so to good. help them. Yeah, I'd be glad to
0: be. Yeah, that's one of the major reasons why I organize, or rather why I'm having this program, is to lead people in the right direction, because information is power. You know, bringing people like yourself and other professionals who already know what they're doing in their fields can easily guide someone who is just starting out. So that's right. why I always yeah. you know, bring people of quality like yourself. So let me ask you one question. Now, what's the title? You know, we've been talking, you haven't told us what the title of the movie is or the title of your book. Yeah,
1: the the title of both the book and the movie is My Million Dollar Mom.
0: My Million Dollar Mom.
1: Okay. And the reason for that is twofold. Uh, She was priceless to me. And uh, there's a proverb, uh, Uh, a woman of valor who can find her worth is more than rubies okay and my mother was was such a wonderful mom i was so blessed the other reason the other reason for the title is the cost of providing care for somebody that has alzheimer's because it's 24 hours a day seven days a week in some cases years and years and when my mother, when they told me that she could live anywhere from two years to twenty years, I thought to myself, "Wow, she could be my two million dollar mom." I had long-term care insurance on her, okay. but it's still going to be very, very expensive to care for somebody round the clock, whether at home or in a nursing home. Right. So, the website is mymilliondollarmom.com. dot com. Very simple. Okay. My phone number.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty easy. So. Um, what challenges did you encounter when you were getting started with the movie production or filmmaking?
1: Well, I'd never done it before, so I was starting from scratch. Okay. So the first thing I did was Google screenwriting software, okay? Okay. And I found Final Draft. And Final Draft is like the the standard of doing a script. Because it's all set up the way that um, producers want to review it. And they had webinars. And through the webinar, I met a lady named Melody Jackson that has a company called Smart Girls Production. And she became my script coach for several years while I was developing it. And then through another agent, somebody referred me. Another agent had been involved in a film. Right. And he had been an investor in the film, and he told me about the producer and the director, and I met them. And the producer told me about film specific, Stacy Park, who helps starting out filmmakers develop right. their projects. Right. In fact, she was just one of the producers on the movie uh, Miss Virginia about the uh, Virginia Walden Ford, who uh, uh, got the uh, Congress to pass legislation to create opportunity scholarship opportunities for kids in washington dc right and it was tremendous movie so she works on a lot of different things and we worked together for a number of years and there's a lot of starts and stops because you're building it you got the attorneys you got the accountants you got all of this stuff uh if i was younger and didn't have my insurance business right I would have probably not been able to do it that way. Okay. It costs money to hire these people. They're, right. they're not they're, they're experts in their field. And in order to get them uh, to help you, uh, they first of all have to buy into the story that you exactly. want to tell. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And then they really vet you to see that you're really legitimate in what you're doing right. and have some, Energy and goal-oriented, and you're not going to get totally frustrated if they tell you that that uh, scene six isn't necessary, even though it's yeah. about your mom going to the shore or something <laughs> like that. You have to be, you have to listen to everybody's advice. Right. Um, you can also submit your script to what are called cover companies uh, like Spec Scout which will analyze your script for you, and if you get over a certain number, right. then they'll put it up on their website so other producers can see it, Oh! and you go to a lot of meetings. I mean, I'm right outside Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia Film Office, they have wonderful programs, uh, the Pennsylvania Association of Film, uh, okay. the Film Association, they have network things, and you meet actors you meet directors you meet oh. lighting people you meet all these people and they right. go you know what your script i think joe over there you ought to go talk to joe over there or martha over here. right she she's working on something just like yours and maybe she might have some suggestions for you oh so okay. it's a lot of that kind of stuff you know
0: so networking and, networking is the main thing yeah.
1: But you got to be careful because there are people that are kind of sharks out there that will tell you, "Oh, give me ten thousand dollars and I'll I'll find your investors for you." Right. Don't don't ever buy that. Okay. Even in the book selling business, there's people call you up and they they're gonna they read your book and they're gonna market your book for you and they want you to pay them seven hundred dollars to do it. Well, they should be paying you, not the because, other way around.
0: Yeah, because it's your intellectual property. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, if it's that good, they, they're not, they'd be willing to risk their marketing budget to market it. Right. They're, not, they're just looking to get some money from you. So you've got to right. be careful of the sharks out there, too.
0: Wow, that's a great one. So if you're listening to this program right now, we still have Ross on the show. And uh, he's giving us a whole lot of advice on how he would have done differently had it been you know here to start right now so uh do you have any coaching programs uh myself yes
1: uh no i, I actually i've taught courses for insurance agents and um but you know i'd be glad to talk to someone i don't do coach um coaching for like films or anything, because that's okay. not my expertise.
0: Okay. But
1: I can direct people to people that do that kind of thing okay. and, and can do consulting for them and hook them up. Uh, I, I know enough people now, I was at one event and I, I met somebody through something else. I think she had gone to one of my film presentations and she's okay. doing a, a, a film about a, a murder an actual real story. And I hooked her up with somebody that I met before that happened to be at that meeting. I said, you know what? You want to talk to this guy, this director over here. He can help you. Right. right. I don't know what happened with it, but that kind of thing I can help people with.
0: Oh, okay. That sounds good. I really do appreciate that. So if you're listening to the program right now, uh, networking is key to anything you're doing. If you want to be successful, you should have people who have already been through that path, who would be able to guide you so you don't make the mistakes that they have already made. And Ross is your person. If you feel you've been coming in contact with those sharks who just want to take your money and not do the main thing, like he said, you have to be very careful. Feel free to reach out. You know, if he has the time, it's not mandatory, take note. If he has the time... (laughs) He would respond to you and give you, you know, set up a time to talk to you and give you whatever advice he feels will be okay for you. Am I right, Russ? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, where do you see yourself in the next five years? So you still uh, going to be an insurance broker, or you're going to retire, or?
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I have 500 clients just on Medicare alone. Whoa. And- that's a lot of people, and I do the uh, Medicare Part D drug plans okay. for my clients pro bono, and right. I only have seven weeks to help them. Usually between October first and December seventh, uh, actually October fifteenth through December seventh. Right. So I'm not taking on new clients, and uh, it's uh, I've been doing it for forty-five years. So I'm I'm not sure. You know, I'm not looking for more business. That's one thing. Right. Uh, because it's only fair to my clients. It's a good thing that I I have people say, "Oh, would you like to get more business?" I said, "Actually, not, <laughs> <laughs> because I can." I, it's not fair to take on more people. Right. But if anybody is interested in finding about the insurance business, I can also talk to them. I can tell them the good part and the bad part
0: okay. about
1: uh, being in the insurance business. Okay. Uh, it's very very challenging, but it's also you can help a lot of people.
0: Right. Okay, so where can uh, my audience find your book?
1: Um, they can go to MyMillionDollarMom.com. Um, although, uh, ordering the book, I have a supply of books. Um,
0: okay.
1: Uh, I'll give you my phone number here in my office. Okay. Uh, People can call me directly, leave me a message.
0: Awesome, awesome. So uh, let's have your phone number.
1: 215-682-7075.
0: Okay, can you say that one more time, please?
1: Sure. 215-682-7075.
0: Okay. So if you're listening, that is... uh, business telephone number. If you are interested in the insurance sector, feel free to give him a call. If you also need some advice on how to get started on uh, filmmaking, feel free to reach out to him. I know there are a lot of people out there who are listening who have one or two limiting beliefs. They know they have the story, but they don't know where to start from. Probably they don't have the right information, or they don't they don't they don't have the right contact this is an opportunity for you there is a, uh, a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best time is now so please reach out to him whenever you have the time so um, what are you what are the other limiting beliefs you think people can have you know I know some people might not have the confidence but they have a passion right? to go into filmmaking. So what's your advice to people? Like I,
1: I would say look at the challenges and your disappointments, and that's true with the insurance business. I learn more from when I don't win, when I don't have a sale, when I don't connect. I, You have to go back and say, what could I have done better? You know, it's like practicing. You're not good. The surgeon doesn't – the doesn't you know you have to practice before you 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 get good at it and right. with anything and then you'll learn sometimes what you thought was a great opportunity turns out it wasn't really the opportunity there's exactly. another door down the road and exactly. i think it was uh, uh helen keller said something like that like one door closes another one opens you
0: yes know? yes
1: yes so uh, by the way, if any the uh, the website also has the trailer for the movie, and okay. people can buy the movie there as well. Okay. So it's mymilliondollarmom.com. But you know, look at a challenge. Look at there's another thing that's interesting, and I learned it from insurance because when you're calling and calling and calling, and you keep getting turned down, every time you get turned down. You're closer to somebody saying
0: yes. Exactly.
1: It's just like looking for a, a a nugget of gold. Right. You keep digging and you keep coming up with nothing. Right. But and then you you spend a lot of time on it and you're thinking what what's wrong here? Well, maybe you're on the wrong hill. Right. Maybe you're not talking to the right person. Right. You know. And but that's a way to get to the right spot. Exactly. So every no is, yes, somebody said no to me. That means I'm closer to somebody saying yes.
0: Exactly. That's <laughs> if you look
1: at it that way, it's not so depressing.
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. Absolutely yeah. right. Now, Les yeah. Brown Les Brown said um, there are three types of people. You have winners, you have losers, and you have those who do not even know how to win. What does that imply? It means... For you to become successful, you will definitely experience failures. For you to become successful, you will definitely come across challenges. So if you don't even know how to win, it means you have not even started because when you say start, this is the time for me to start, you will come across failures. So you have to fail your way to success. Do not let failures or the fear of uh, failure limit you or prevent you from chasing your dreams. I like what you just said.
1: (laughs) Very good. All
0: right. So, well, um, I will be having so many other uh, programs in the future, live sessions, and I would want you to come on board on those programs. I hope when next I reach out to you, you would be more than willing to join us. Sure. Sure. Very good. Awesome. awesome. So it was a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to having you on so many other episodes. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, John. Have a good weekend. You too. Now, have a Father's Day.
0: Oh, same to you. Same
1: to. Oh, you. I don't have any kids, but I have a lot of nephews and nieces, but thanks. Oh, okay. <laughs> happy a Father's
0: Day too. Thank you.
1: Yeah.